Hello, hello, and welcome to the Here to Uplift podcast, where we center the stories of impactful change makers, entrepreneurs, and community leaders who have done the hard work of uplifting themselves through adversity to get where they are today, and now uplift others along the way in their journeys. I'm Lolo Fisher, your host, lover of all things wellness, healing, and empowerment, and I would greatly appreciate if you show us your support by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with others. Let's get into it. Welcome back, y'all, to the Here to Uplift podcast. Lolo here, and we are in San Jose in Bodied SJ, a beautiful business created by Cindy Panero, who is sitting with me here. So I'm excited to welcome this special guest so we can all learn a little bit more about her journey. So Cindy, take it away. Tell us about yourself. Thank you so much. My name is Cindy. I'm a mother of two. I'm the owner of Bodied SJ. I'm super excited. This is my first podcast. I finally met Lolo at an event a few weeks ago at an HBN event, and it was super sweet meeting you, so I'm excited. I'm excited, too. This is one of those situations where you feel like, you know, you fangirl somebody on social media for a while, and then you never really know if you meet them in person, if they're going to be like, yeah, that's who I thought they were, like, oh, they're a total jerk, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which I definitely feel like, I hate saying this, but when you see a lot of pretty women that are doing their thing and working hard, you really don't know what kind of character you're going to get. But the moment I met you, you were so sweet and genuine. And I like instantly was like, we have to have her on the podcast. (laughs) Yes, girl, I'm a mirror of you. I'm just a mirror of you. Okay, well, let's talk business a little bit. Yeah. Why did you open a gym? Well, I love fitness. It's a huge passion of mine. And I'm a firm believer in whatever you love to do, you should be doing it every day. I don't want to be waking up feeling like I'm going to nine to five that I hate, especially while raising kids because (laughs) I'm going to be a grumpy mom and who wants that? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was with a trainer. He encouraged me to start training Mm -hmm. and I was scared, you know, just like anything else, trying something for the first time is super scary, but it took off and it did really well. And it was actually right before COVID that I first started. Mm. Um, So when COVID hit, I was super scared. I'm like, I just started this whole new career change. Like, how is this going to happen? But um, luckily, people wanted to get moving. Yeah. They wanted to be outside. A lot of people's schedules opened up. They weren't really working in the office anymore. Mm-hmm. So it really worked out. Nice. Yeah, well, that God. was going to be my next question. So during COVID, was yeah. it outside, virtual, a mix of both? It was, it was a mix of both, but mostly outside. Okay. So even during my 5 a.m. sessions, my 6 p.m. sessions, mm-hmm. we were outside. We were on the tracks. We were in parking lots. We were just <laughs> making it work. Nice. You know what I mean? And people didn't mind because yeah. they were so tired of being inside. Mm-hmm. So it worked. Um, at the time, I had also come out with a workout guide. So if okay. there was people that couldn't really afford personal training or they couldn't leave their kids or anything like that, they were also able to work out from home yeah okay where's the inspiration coming from like is it from your own experience as a mom and figuring out what fitness looks like in your life yeah because it sounds like you've been really accessible in your approaches yeah absolutely so I've always been super into fitness I started with my first trainer when I was 18 Mm -hmm. Um, but after becoming a mom I stayed at home for about two and a half years while I was just lashing just Mm -hmm. working a little bit my main focus was being with my baby Um, but I really did it for my mental health I was like, I need to get moving. So at the time I had a trainer too and I'd work out from home, um, but there was nothing like just being able to move for one hour Mm -hmm. before going on with my day. Even if my baby was right next to me, like I just made it work. (laughs) Like with (laughs) nothing, with like a pair of dumbbells and like a med ball, that's it. Yeah, I feel like that's where entrepreneurs start is oftentimes like you just work with what you got and you figure it out. And how many years has it been now that you've had the business? 
I've been here with Body for two and a half years, and before okay. that, I was renting out like of other people's yeah. gyms, working outside. Yeah, so you've been working stuff. for yourself for, I mean, upwards of five years or more now, right? Yeah, since I had my first baby, so I've been working for myself for five years. Yay! Yay. That's so crazy to say. I feel like it you're hasn't like, been that been long, doing it. but we've been doing it. We've been doing the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a piece. As so many women I talk to that are doing the thing, they are not recognizing how far they've come. Yeah, like oh, and just taking so those moments to really see yeah. how much you've accomplished. Yeah, there's so, so much. This space it's is amazing. Crazy. You know, I, know. <laughs> I still, I still come in here sometimes, like ten minutes before I start work, and I just kind of look around, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow. Like, I really did it. Yeah. I really did it throughout being a mom, throughout having two babies and, you know, personal stuff going on and life happening. Like, I really did the damn things. Yeah. And you're right. More women need to, like, take a moment to sit down and realize that. Right. You know, one moment it was COVID and I was training people on a <laughs> track and field and everybody was, like, locked down. It was crazy. And then the next moment you're in a 2,000 square foot gym. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. It's crazy. So are you from here? Yeah, from I'm born and raised in San Jose. Okay, mm -hmm. and what made you stay? Um, I did move out for a little bit. I went to the valley, then I came back because I was like, I need the city. I'm a, I'm a city girl. <laughs> I need the movement. I need the people. Um, I love to be close to my family too. Yeah. So I think like I will always be in San Jose as long as my parents are here. Like mm -hmm. I will, I will definitely stay in my hometown. Yeah, mm -hmm. it sounds like that family and community piece is big for you. It's big for me. Yeah. So especially that. It's like I'm from San Jose. Why not just like build with the community and mm -hmm. uplift with a lot of people I already know and then they tell their friends and their family right. and why not, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Is that how you get most business is word of mouth? Or I would say like? so. I think when I first started out, it was definitely mostly Instagram okay. and I probably had like a thousand followers at the time. Um, so there was a lot of promoting that I needed to do. But after that, after people start coming for a little bit, they tell their friends, they're posting it and they're almost like doing the marketing for you. Yeah. So if you're good to your clients, they're going to be good right back. So yeah. I've been definitely blessed. Yeah. Oh, good. Sure. You know, I think there's a lot of gym owners and trainers who can learn from you in the sense that Thank once you. folks get into this space where they are successful and they're helping people reach mm -hmm. their goals, they stop paying attention to their own. Yeah. Stop taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's like to no intentional fault usually. Right. Like it's just, okay, I got to make money. I got to make yeah. do my, something for my clients. And I've seen you like even just how you share on social media, the posting from your classes, like you're so in sweet. your classes with yeah. your clients. You oh, are doing the work on weekends. <laughs> you're spending the time with your kids yeah. and refilling your cup. Like I see that and I'm very curious to know like what you would recommend for gym owners or trainers who are having a hard time also putting themselves as a priority. Yeah, for sure. So I'm not going to lie. When I first started out bodied, I was not really taking care of myself. I was taking every client because I think when you first start a business, you think you have to. Yeah. You're just on this like go, go, go mode. And I mean, I was probably like 30 pounds lighter than what I am now. Like mm. I was tiny. I had headaches all the time. I wasn't sleeping. I was craving sugar until I got to a point where I was like, wait, like I'm, you know, encouraging everybody to mm -hmm. take care of themselves and build a certain lifestyle, but I'm not doing it for myself, yeah. you know? So I took a step back and I started eating a lot and bulking and all that good stuff and making myself a priority. Yeah. And the more you make yourself a priority, the more it fills into your clients yeah. and your business. So it's just like a, a domino effect. So I would say it wouldn't just pertain to gym owners mm -hmm. or people in the fitness industry. True. It's like every entrepreneur, like put yourself first because it will just pour into every other aspect. So true. Mm -hmm. So 
to that point, I think I've experienced that a lot. In my first year of opening this studio, it was yeah. like my migraines kicked on stronger. My mental health was oh, a little worse. You know? Yeah. But you were. I also felt like I had to take every client and make sure I got every person in. And mm -hmm. that obviously doesn't work after some time. So I'm curious, what does work? It never works. In terms of clients. And yeah. So you have to put yourself first and find like a routine that works for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I get a lot of clients that are like, what do you do? And I always want to have the right answer. Yeah. So I'm making sure like I'm doing the research on whatever I'm taking, whether it's greens or pre-workout, whatever it is, I'm never recommending something to a client that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. You yeah. know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like when a client is not the right fit for you? It's rare. <laughs> I love everybody. I mean, everybody's so different, but I feel like um, that's why I've been able to build my business mm -hmm. is because I think I can connect to so many different people. I think one of the toughies is when I have somebody that says that they really want to commit and they mm. want to do, you know, A through Z and they're just not ready. So I think that would be the only time where I kind of have to sit somebody down and be like, hey, mm. you're not ready and that's okay. Yeah. Like you mentally have yeah. to be ready to get up off the couch and get here. Because that's the hardest mm. part is yes. just getting here. And I tell people all the time, and if you're not ready, that's okay. Sometimes I have people that are like, I need to get my sister here. I need to get my dad here. They're yeah. overweight. They're this and that. And I'm just like, no, you got to wait. Mm -hmm. You got to wait until they're ready. That choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I it's mean, big tell, decision. Me more, tell me more on this because that is a hard conversation. Yeah. I see so many people like, I'm ready to do it. And they might commit extremely for two weeks and then that too dip out of it and it, mm -hmm. it's not consistent it's not sustainable yeah it's not sustainable that exact word um i always tell people like create a sustainable commitment you know what i mean don't commit to five days a week 5 a.m with me right away um that's another <laughs> thing for like entrepreneurs and gym owners it's like don't you don't want to just do it for the bag mm. do it because you want like the longevity you know what I mean yeah. you want to like retain these clients for a long time I tell them commit to twice a week with me maybe three depending on if they're a morning person commit to that if you're good for three months after that we'll like check in we'll touch base and then we'll we'll do like four or five days a week whatever yeah. you want to do but I think just creating a a routine at first is what will help you like do better and create like a more challenging routine later on absolutely, for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How do you know when somebody is ready or not ready? I honestly recommend it to everybody right away. Everybody right away. I'm like, don't do more than three times a week. Don't okay. commit to that. If I see the first month that they're on time or early, they're hitting those three days and I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> You're ready. I feel that literally come six days a week and they commute yeah. from Morgan Hill, wow. from Gilroy's. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like, they're not only proving to you that they're ready, but they're proving to themselves. Yes. You know what I mean? It's more yes. so that, like, yeah. you're just testing that factor. And I feel like that's one of the biggest pieces of fitness that people don't realize is I, people do know that fitness is helpful for mental health, mm -hmm. but to me, it's about building trust with yourself. Yeah. Like, keeping the promises to yourself or... There's some days where it's for me learning about my body. Like I am not in a place today where I can do it, but I want to keep my yeah. commitment to work out. So shifting in a way what that I can I listen to my yeah. body, but still mm -hmm. do something. That was a hard lesson for me to learn. But once I figured it out, I was able to build more trust with myself. And yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, I can't work out three days a week. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, I can't do it six days a week. Absolutely. And it doesn't need to be strength training. It could be yeah. like whatever it is you like to do. That's another thing I tell somebody yeah. is like, just figure out what you like. Right. Um, I used to lift for like months and months, especially when I was bulking. 
then I was like, I'm getting bored. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to just lift weights every day. Like, what else can I do? So yeah. I found other hobbies like yoga and taking classes, taking various yeah. classes, doing other stuff with different instructors. And like that for me is what keeps me in like a sustainable routine yeah. is like switching it up every now and then and not being like so hard on yourself. Like I have to do this every mm -hmm. single day for two years. Like, no, you can switch it up. Find your flow. Love that. Yeah, Love find that. your flow. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of flow, how did you find a flow being a gym owner and having the babies? Oh, it was hard, <laughs> girl. It was, it was that beginning, you know, part that I told you about when I saw myself lose a lot of weight and not mm -hmm. take care of myself. I was just like, something's not yeah. working. Was that you with know? having both or just the one at first? With having both. I had both okay. kids when I opened up bodied. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, kind of seeing certain tantrums happen with them too, or maybe they're more irritable. Typically your kids are like that because of whatever energy you're feeling. You yeah. know what I mean? So as soon as I started taking care of myself more and then I saw the kids thrive, I was like, okay, we have to keep going. Mm. So that's what works for me. My business is always taken care of when I'm taking care of myself yeah. and my kids are always amazing when I'm taking care of myself. Okay. So I just got to do it. Got to keep drinking the greens. Yeah. <laughs> Drink the greens, get your sleep and then everything else will flow. Yeah. I'd mm -hmm. be so curious. Is that happen in community like have you found a community of other business owner moms that are like doing this work as well I in some way no. i haven't but i would love to inspire them too <laughs> You're like i want some yeah i want to inspire them too yeah. for sure you know like i love being a very full-time hands-on mom so mm -hmm. i leave home you know when they're still sleeping i run a couple classes i go back home i get them ready for school i take them to school i work while they're in school when they're out i'm back at you know being a mom so mm. once i'm back home in the evening being a mom there's no work yeah. i'm off of the phone i'm not doing anything i'm not booking anybody like i think that's another thing that's that helps me keep the balance it is okay. again in the beginning i wasn't like that i was always like promoting and on my mm -hmm. phone and just it wasn't a good flow but once you just learn to have that boundary with yourself and others yeah. it just works are you ever afraid that you're losing business by not responding in those times i'm not no I know that there's always more money that can be made and all that good stuff, but that just doesn't matter to me. Yeah. For me, like my full-time priority is being a mom. The business, the bag is always second. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The bag funds that. It funds financial freedom for me to be with my babies, but they're my first priority. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Thank that's you. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned earlier that, you know, part of getting on this journey, like, um, your babies and raising them while opening a gym was like one part of that experience But you also said that there were some like hard moments just personally in life yeah. through this journey So can you talk about some of those yeah. challenges or hard times you might have had? Yeah, long before bodied or during body. Yeah, <laughs> I mean for sure right when I was opening up um, Bodied actually before it was bodied. It was just body bison. Mm -hmm. I was next door in a smaller space um, It was like 800 square feet at the same time, uh, me and their dad had broken up, so I was becoming a single mom. Yeah. So it was a lot at once. And my kids were a lot younger too, so it was a lot at once. Yeah. You're trying to like cope, trying to deal with the separation while opening up a business, so still showing up for your clients with enough energy. You don't want them to like feel that you know negativity or anything, so it was a lot at one time. Mm. It was a lot, and I wish I had kind of reached out to like maybe a single mom community or like mm -hmm. a Facebook group to kind of, you know, confide in them and like learn how to cope with them. But for me, my coping mechanism was just like being really busy. Like I just yeah. needed to get busy. But then once I learned how to take care of myself and slow down, 
I was like, oh, we got to heal now. Yeah. <laughs> now we got to really do the work. So I've done it and it's worked. Mm -hmm. It's been like two and a half years. So we're doing the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're doing, we're like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then trying to have like a social life too. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a lot to balance, but I feel like in the last maybe like six months to a year, I have finally found my balance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank so God. what does it look like when you finally find your balance as a single mom and business owner uh, when like new things are thrown into the plate? Because I'm sure that yeah. you've had challenges come along the way on the business side or personal side, whatever it might be, oh, yeah. that might just throw a wrench of the day. <laughs> like, For sure. I just feel like I'm not as reactive now. I'm mm -hmm. not as emotional to things. I think I can really sit back and think about it, think about the solution, and then do whatever I have to do. Okay. Yeah. How did you get there? I think just time. Yeah. Time, and like I said, um, that beginning, the six months of work, like learning how to slow down and forcing myself to have like an hour or two in the day where I don't have to do anything. Yeah. That's just, okay. you know, moments of stillness or eating, going for a walk, like anything. Just prioritizing my mental health and having that alone time where mm -hmm. I don't have to speak to anybody, I think that's what's taught me how to yeah. just deal with life. You know what yeah. I mean? Because even after we find our balance, like you said, like things are still going to be thrown at you. Right. Whether it's like a relative getting sick or maybe your friendship isn't working with somebody mm -hmm. or the dating life is being a little crazy, whatever it is, like you just learn how to deal with it when you're putting mm -hmm. yourself first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny because as we're talking, I'm just like, this is a wellness book right here. Girl, all yes. The tips, <laughs> all the tips that you would hear like around Aww. fitness, mental health, wellness, finding oh, balance, like you're that. saying everything, but not as uh, advice necessarily. You're just talking about your own experience. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> this is, yeah, this has just been like my journey. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot added in there. Started going to church. I started doing just so many different things that I didn't do before. Um, and I think that's why I was so excited to get on this podcast. Yeah. It, it's to share it. Like, yeah. I wish I kind of would have reached out, like, uh, like I said, to other single moms and figured out what they did. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I, it happened for a reason because yeah. I just needed to figure it out on my own. Right. I needed to make mistakes. I needed <laughs> Learn to. Learn by doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like trial and error. You know what I mean? But I just feel like I found so many things that work for me and I just want to help others. Yeah. Help other mamas. And you are, you clearly are. And if anybody like just checking out Instagram alone, I know there's other ways to yeah. watch your work, but even just watching Instagram alone, you you're can so see that sweet. impact that you're making really. So I am a little curious when I reached out to you to ask if you would be yeah. on the podcast, was there anything in particular that came to mind that you wanted to share with anybody, but particularly women who'd be watching? Yeah, definitely. Um, so kind of just touching back on everything I've been saying and you're asking like how to fill your cup, um, it's exactly that. Mm. It's take care of yourself. Fill your own cup. Do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. um, like nothing else matters. You know what I mean? I feel like everything just flows in after that. Be kind to yourself. Be just as kind to yourself as you are to others. Mm -hmm. That's that's a big one. I think I was definitely in an era for a little bit where I was so you know, graceful to everybody else and taking care of everybody else. And then yeah. I was like, okay, what about Cindy? So yeah. once you really do enter in that, then you're giving and you're receiving. It's just flowing mm -hmm. in a circle, you know? So yeah, Beautiful. be good to yourself. Okay. Yeah. Were you always good to yourself? <laughs> um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, I think, like, I always refer back to two, three years ago, you know? Um, you distract yourself mm. with different coping mechanisms and 
that ish, because I'm not going to cuss that ish, don't work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think once you like reflect, self-assess, um, become more self-aware and learn how to take care of yourself, that's when things just start aligning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a little bit of like the two to three years ago, even five years ago. What was 10, 15 years ago, Cindy, like? Oh my God, 10, 15 years ago. Okay, so like, I'm 26. <laughs> so 16, 17 years old, oh my God. Um, I was in high school. I went to Santa Teresa High School in South San Jose. Um, I was cheer captain. I loved sports, I loved boys. <laughs> I was like your typical teenager. I was getting in trouble, I had a really strict dad. <laughs> um, academics were not very important to me at the time. I wish that I would have taken it a little bit more seriously, but I did just enough to like coast by, <laughs> like just enough to graduate. Um, but yeah, I feel like even in high school, I, I love to lead, you know, even being cheer captain, I love yep. to like encourage others. Um, helping others is what fuels me. Yeah. That's what ultimately makes me happy. So I think I've always, always kind of had that drive in me. Yeah. Yeah, 16, 17 year old Cindy was, was a little yeah. wild. <laughs> so was childhood a good time for you then? Childhood was, was interesting. Um, I was raised by a single dad, you know, and he was an amazing dad and he, he did his best. But I think that there was a lot as a female that I did mm. not like learn until like now being older mm. for sure. So now we're, you know, learning to be in our feminine and not just like that masculine yeah. hustler mode that I think yeah. I was in for a while. Yeah. Now I'm definitely learning my my balance. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely I'm still working on it, but <laughs> it's <laughs> well, hard. I had to get out of the mode of hyper independence and like feeling like yeah. I have to do everything myself. Don't ask for help. Don't trust mm -hmm. folks. Like it's a dangerous zone to be in. In some Very. ways, so helpful when you're in survival mode because it helps you figure yeah. things out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's Being independent is great, Back but hyper word. independent. That's it. Yeah, I've been there too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like hyper independent or codependent. I'm like, no, we need something in the middle here. Yeah. <laughs> like just regular just independence. The regular independence. Yeah, exactly. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have a lot of clients come in and out of here. I want to know some stories. Some stories. Yeah. Oh my God. I think one that's like a general story for like multiple clients is the ones that come in like super quiet. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, am I doing a good job? Is she okay? And then like one month in, they're like the loudest one here. And they're super just <laughs> out there. And like, I thought they, they were an introvert and now they're like a whole extrovert. I think those are the best ones because you just see people come out of their shell. Yeah. It's intimidating coming to a gym at first, I think, for a lot of people, even in a woman dominated gym. Right. Even though I always like emphasize to people, this is a safe space. It's still a little scary at first, you know? Mm -hmm. You're afraid it of being is. judged, like you don't know who's around you. So I think seeing those particular women come out of their shell and just be themselves is everything. It's that. so rewarding. It's like they're not even coming here to work out. They're just coming here to like vibe and kick it and then <laughs> yeah. also get their workout That's in. That's the and, best thing because it's oh, a culture fit then. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I also have um, another client that about 35, 36 weeks pregnant. Okay. And she's been with me since she was about 11 weeks pregnant. Mm. So it's been so beautiful to watch her grow and just get super strong and barely gain any weight, like just enough <laughs> to be healthy. Like that's been a really cool experience. So yeah, just seeing so many different women in and out. Yeah. Such a blessing. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any like particular success stories that have stuck with you over the years oh that keep you God. going? There's so many, there's so many. I think. I mean, for me, to this day, every day, 
um, anytime somebody comes back to me and tells me that this has helped their mental health, mm. that like, oh, that makes me want to cry. Because yeah. again, I was, I have not always been in this space. So um, a big reason why I started was because of mental health. So yeah. knowing I can have that impact of kind of what I used to need is absolutely everything. Um, but I do have a client that when she first came to me, she was one of my first five clients. Mm -hmm. um, she had really bad PCOS, mm -hmm. um, could not get pregnant for like two years. And I just told her like, wait, wait, let's get healthy, let's lose weight. Um, God's timing, not ours. Mm -hmm. It's his plan, you know? Um, and about, I think her baby's like eight, nine months now. She oh, has a beautiful wow. baby now. Wow. Um, she's thriving, like she quit her nine to five, so she's like staying at home with her baby, now yeah. runs a meal prep company, plus a, plus a lash company. <laughs> so like I definitely encourage her to do both. So that's a big success story for me because it's one of my really good friends. So to see her be an amazing mom, and at one point she used to stress out about not yeah. being able to do that, but now do that and thrive is like, yes. oh, it's everything to me. Oh. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> so much, like, I oh. love my moms. <laughs> that's, and that's a big deal when you don't even know if you can have one and you're trying yeah. actively and to see the way health can change your possibilities. Oh, it could change everything, girl. chances, yeah. Exactly. Oh. Mm -hmm. And so many women have PCOS Yeah. that I, I didn't realize until I started training. So, yeah, that's been a big one. Yeah, I don't think it's talked about or shared near as it's much. It's not. A PCOS, among other just yeah. women's health issues, like mm -hmm. we don't talk about them that much. <laughs> like, no, really though. Really. Even like post-delivery, what you go through, you know, after yeah. giving birth is yeah. like, it's extremely traumatic to the body. And during that whole time, everybody's just like baby, baby, baby. No one's like, mom, how's mom doing? Yeah. How's mom recovering? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot that needs to be talked about. Yeah, yeah. I found that most of my like yoga and dance clients really even in Merced mostly moms oh <laughs> really I times, love that the big transformation what always like brought so much joy to me was when they would say anything related to finding themselves again yes like I forgot who I was oh, before I kids that. or you know amidst the kids like my life has been given to somebody else and I didn't know how to give life back to yeah, myself you and, lose like, your identity for a little yeah, bit yeah and every time I hear that that people are finding themselves again yes. or they're able to better give to their families because they're nourishing themselves mm -hmm. it's like literal literal holding back tears I'm like yes, no literally yeah so <laughs> that part and the fact yeah. that you were like a huge part of that and you had an influence yeah, like that's huge. amazing you Lolo. start feeling like you're part of people's families you know? yes exactly <laughs> you know I think the more that we go through it's like the more we can almost help people mm -hmm. you know yeah mm -hmm. okay maybe sensitive topic I don't really know we've never talked about this before Ooh, but something <laughs> that affects me a lot myself and that I've had some conversations recently is related to both body image and eating disorders. Okay. Um, so I'm really curious to hear, I mean, general thoughts, but for me, like my background was that I had an eating disorder when I was in high school. And you know, they kind of say like, if you've had an eating disorder, you have it your whole life. It's yeah. just a matter of if you act upon it or not. So I haven't acted upon it since high school. Good. But I still have, Good. looking in the mirror, body image issues. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of folks out there who are dealing with body dysmorphia or oh, yeah. even just the idea of like what a perfect or ideal woman is supposed to look like. Everybody wants something different, mm -hmm. but so often we want whatever we don't have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's the same thing with like hair. Yeah. Like a lot of curly girls want like straight hair and vice versa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've had that experience yourself, if you've had clients who are experiencing body image issues or body dysmorphia, yeah. eating disorders, but yeah. I'm so curious your thoughts on why we have this problem so much and yeah. what do you think we should do yeah. to start helping more women figure it out? I would say 
the number one thing is probably social media. You know, our Instagram is like the highlights of our life, right? Mm -hmm. um, so much Photoshop. We're taking the perfect angles. I do this myself. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I before I post something, I'm just staring at it for an hour. Like, is this post worthy? Mm -hmm. um, so social media has a big influence on that. As far as um, eating disorders, I haven't had one myself. I haven't had too many clients with them. As far as body image, for sure. Uh, me, myself, I've definitely probably had body dysmorphia, and that's just growing up and hearing like, oh, you still got this little pinch of fat on your tummy, or sometimes dating the wrong guys yeah. that are like pointing things out that they shouldn't. Um, so it's, oh my God, and I've had people like point out like butt hip dips one time, like literally made me change my pants. Yeah, what? that was, mm -hmm, yeah, that was a few years back. That was a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, for sure. So it's definitely taken me a long time personally to accept, like, this is like feminine. Mm -hmm. These are hip dips. They're not going anywhere. Doesn't matter what you do. Like, you're a woman. You've had kids especially. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not going anywhere. The cellulite, um, there's so much you can do to help it. But again, it's genetic. It's hereditary. Not going anywhere. The stretch mm -hmm. marks they're beautiful, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I think it's almost like we have to like, we rewire our brain, you yeah. know what I mean? We have to tell ourselves like, these are not like, they're not a bad thing. Yeah. They're not flaws. Like there's just a part of you, they're beautiful and you have to accept it, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I feel like that's something that I need to talk about more on social media. I see mm -hmm. it with other women yeah. and I agree with it and I love it and I save it and I reread it myself, but. I feel like with having a little bit of an Instagram following, that's definitely something yeah. I could talk about. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd be curious to what extent we recommend uh, fitness as a solution in some sense. Yeah. Because when we're talking about body image, I know as trainers, often when we're working with people, we're focused on how they feel, yeah. not how they look, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like what For that actual sure. progress is in strength or other metrics like and things like that. Wellness. Yeah. But there's a lot of times where folks will come in and say like, I want to lose weight to fit into this dress to look yeah. good for my wedding, for this event, for whatever. So what does that approach look like if you are aware of body image issues, if people are working out as a goal of how to look versus how to feel? Yeah, does definitely. Does change in your approach? It doesn't, it doesn't change in my approach, but I'll definitely try to change like what I emphasize. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I always people, I always ask women, um, are like, what are your goals? Mm -hmm. And do you have aesthetic goals? Is this all for health reasons? Like, I try to get in their head and see exactly what they're doing. Most people will say, like, I just want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. A lot of the clientele. I think in the beginning, when I first started training, everybody was like, I want a butt. I want a waist and this mm -hmm. and that. But I think I changed my verbiage so much while I was marketing that I attracted more clients that just wanted to yeah. be healthy. Um, yeah. But I always tell them, like, the better you know that you feel the harder you're working the more you're gonna like how you look right it's just like a domino effect like everything else you know but first and foremost health let everything else yeah. follow you know but yeah. i mean there's nothing wrong with wanting to look a, look a certain way mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with wanting to fit into that dress like there's nothing wrong with it it's just like putting on makeup mm -hmm. it's just like anything else like it's okay to have certain aesthetic yeah. goals for sure it should just not be like the number one priority okay mm -hmm. that's a perfect segue into the next question i had oh, in there mind you go. Too, <laughs> which is about how we present ourselves so like i had mentioned like i didn't know you at first when we were both speaking i don't think i even provided context we were both speaking yeah. at one of the hbn networking events for health is wealth 
And prior to that, I think was when I started connecting with you on social media a bit. And I instantly was like, this girl's beautiful and she is so killing sweet, it in Lola. the gym and obviously inspiring her clients. Like I really loved seeing that. And then once I found out it was real and meeting you in person, it was like, whew, Aww. amazing. But there was a question there, right? When you are presenting yourself yeah. so beautifully, makeup done, lashes done, like body fit, all these things, there's a question as to authenticity yeah. and like how you show up um, mm -hmm. on social media versus in life versus in your gym for clients and if that's the same, if it's different. Like who is she really? Yeah, so, mm -hmm. so where does your choice come in in terms of when you feel like getting made up, getting cute and yeah. how you show up on social media versus in person? Yeah. Like is there an active choice there or are you the same in every space? I think I'm honestly the same in every space. I wish I posted more on social media. Mm. Um, I will say that. I will say like the Cindy that my clients experience every day, my kids, I want to share more of that. I'm just honestly like really busy and I get too tired <laughs> to post content. Yeah, but I want to yeah. show that everything I do show on there like is real. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think I've been able to build this business off of who I am. Mm -hmm. Not the workouts I've given or anything else, but it's just who I am. I love to help people. Yeah. I love to help them feel good, especially because yeah. a lot of women come in here not feeling their best for health reason and aesthetically. Right. It's for right. both. So it's like they come in here and right off the bat when I started training, I told people, if you say something negative about yourself or that you can't do it, you're going to do 10 burpees because that <laughs> negative, you got, yeah, it's real. It's real. So don't do it, Lolo. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> that negative self-talk is real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, don't do it. I like to boost them up. For me personally, it makes me feel good to get ready every day. Um, just, I mean, when I come into the gym, I have like tint and set screen on and like my lashes and I look presentable. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm not like full face glam, but enough to feel good. That's yeah. how I like to start my morning, start my day to each their own. Whoever yeah. wants to like not do that, that's fine. But like I'm girly. I always have been. In the beginning of training, I didn't get ready. I would like just throw my hair in a bun. But then I was like, what are you doing? Like this isn't you, Cindy. You like to get ready. Like <laughs> you came from the beauty industry. Yeah. Like you can go get ready, girl. If anybody judges you, they're not meant to be in that space because yeah. this is a judgment free zone. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I love that. just being me. Mm -hmm. So what was that transition like going from the beauty industry to training? Did it feel like a more authentic transition or has it been the same? It did. I mean, I definitely loved the beauty industry and I did a lot of sales. Mm -hmm. I worked corporate. I worked in different offices, um, but I just kind of got over that. That started to not feel super authentic to me, like okay. the sales part. And that's why I was like, let me shift in a different way where I'm still helping people with their confidence and stuff, but like in a more organic way, yeah. you know what I mean? I love to work out. Let me just go help them work out. That's all it was in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was a smooth transition, like health and wellness and beauty all kind of like go hand in hand for yeah. sure. Oh, I mm -hmm. love that. Okay. I have a deep question. Ooh. What has been your <laughs> lowest low in life? My lowest low in life. Okay, I need a, I need more, like, deeper than that. Uh, okay, so I have a, I won't say a belief yet, but I have a query that I'm kind of interested in studying with the more people I ask. And I believe that most entrepreneurs that are successful have had some sort of serious traumatic experience in their life or a lowest low that they had to dig themselves oh, yeah. out of. So I'm curious. That's hard. I had a lowest low? I have. I think I've had a couple. You know, 
I think I've had, unfortunately, a couple. I think some stuff happened in my childhood that was super traumatic, um, that put me kind of in that hyper-independent mode that we talked about, that yeah. survivor mode. Um, and I think for me, a big blow for me was becoming a single mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think anybody that gets pregnant wants to be a single mom, but for me, especially like growing up, especially in high school, I was like, I'm gonna get married and I'm gonna have my kids and that's it. Yeah. Like there's no separation, there's no struggle, nothing like that. So having to do that and knowing I had to do that was very, very hard. Yeah. Yeah. When you were going through that, what did it feel like? Did you already know you were gonna get through it or were there doubts in the moment? Um, it's hard, sorry, this is hard to talk about without like getting too deep and like <laughs> yeah, sharing yeah. like other people's business too. Um, always knew I was gonna get through it because of these two little girls, right? Mm -hmm. I knew that I always had to be okay for them. Um, but I think during the process of the separation, having different things thrown out and the verbal mm -hmm. abuse and the this and the that and just different stuff going on with different people, um, that was hard because it was mm -hmm. almost like, when does it end? Yeah. You know, when, when do I get to just work and take care of my kids and not have all of these other like substances thrown yeah. to me? You know what I mean? Um, having support helped, you know, mm -hmm. having my family, having my close friends and just people to like keep you up. And honestly, like my clients mm -hmm. and I would tell them too. once I started getting to a place where I was like getting better and better. I would tell them like I'm literally like I'm here because of you yeah. like you guys show up for yourself so I show up for myself mm -hmm. because of you I can put a roof over my baby's head right. full time you know what I mean because of you I can like literally be here yeah you know yeah. for sure so that was that was hard okay that was hard that was a lot at once for sure yeah thank you for sharing yeah when thank you're you. going through something traumatic like that um, what do you think in terms of sharing versus keeping things to yourself? Um, you know, I, I want to share, but it's hard to like share certain things without um, exploiting yeah, yeah. other people. I think I more know? so mean like in the moment, like when you're going through it. Oh, when I'm I know going you said through you, like, it, yeah. Have some folks to support you. So like, yeah. when you're going through those traumatic experiences, and I ask because I feel like I talk to a lot of women that the natural tendency is keep it to myself and yeah. figure it out or deal with it. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you might have reached out a little bit. So where does that come from? Like, how do you know yeah. when it's right to reach out versus keeping it to yourself? I think I knew when I, I knew I had to reach out in moments where I wasn't working and I still didn't feel okay. While I was working, I was busy. I was good. When I was not, if I was at home, I was like, oh, I got to reach out. Mm. I just knew, and I honestly think it's because of my kids. Yeah. I just knew I couldn't fall into like a severe long depression because I needed to be okay with them. So mm -hmm. I had to call my sister. I had to call my dad and I had to just talk to them. And yeah. if it wasn't that, I like needed to cry in the shower. Like I just knew I had to get through it. Like yeah. I had to keep going for sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I know those are hard ones to, <laughs> it's a hard one. to pull on a little bit. <laughs> I have like two more questions for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, just two more. You're just two kidding. more. <laughs> deep ones? Ah, it depends. Okay. It let's depends. get deep, girl. Let's yeah. get deep. <laughs> I was like, it depends. Um, okay. So second to last question for you, in a sense, would, would be around what you would tell yourself. Your, let's go to 18. Oh. Right now, 
What would you tell 18-year-old Cindy? What would I tell 18-year-old Cindy? Don't get caught up in the noise, for sure. Um, at that time, I was working a lot, right? I've always been this little hustler. Um, but I think getting caught up with like the wrong people, um, people that don't have your best interest, they just like want your energy around or they just mm -hmm. want to party with you and do all the things. Um, I feel like the longer you you spend in that space, like the longer you take to like get your shit together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just don't get caught up in the noise, mm -hmm. especially living in the Bay Area in a busy city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. A lot of distractions. A lot of distractions, <laughs> a lot of distractions yeah. Out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then the last question, now that we've talked a lot about past and the yeah. journey that brought you here, what do you want your legacy to be? <gasps> what do I want my legacy to be? I think to always be kind to yourself and to others and to uplift every person that you walk by, to say hello to every person you walk by, um, remembering what's important, you know, community, mm -hmm. family, your friends, um, doing what you love. Doing what you love is how you can do all those things. So definitely that, yeah. just encouraging everybody to do that. Great. Follow-up question. I know I said two more. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> I love your question. <laughs> Follow-up question. You have two kids now. Yes. What do you want them to remember you for most? I want my kids to remember me um, for being full of love. And I think that they will because they're full of love. I see it every day with how they are with each other, how they are with others, how they are with me, how many times they tell me they love me, their affection towards me. I'm like, they're so full of love. I'm doing my job because the world needs more of that. So mm -hmm. I think Absolutely I'm doing agree. it. Yeah, <laughs> right? Absolutely agree. We need it. It's yes. all we need. <laughs> yes. Well, Cindy, thank you for everything thank that you've you so shared much. with us. Not only does it help me, you know, as I'm listening, but there's going to be plenty of folks watching yeah. and listening who are going to feel that impact that yeah. you share with your clients here every day. So thank you. I appreciate you thank so you much. Truly. You're amazing. And you finished your first podcast. <laughs> I finished my first podcast. <laughs> Off my bucket list. I know. <laughs> thanks for watching. Thanks thanks for watching. That's the word. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, y'all. Um, we will connect all the things for you to connect with Cindy. But right now, do you want to tell them how they can connect with thank you on you, social? Lolo. Yes, follow my social media. It's Body by Sin or Body Desk J. I'm going to work on posting more. Yes. We talked about yes. this. I'm going to do it. All the things. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the Here to Uplift podcast. New episodes are airing every week with some bonus episodes in between too. So make sure you stay tuned by subscribing, following, liking, and engaging with us to let us know what topics you're most interested in and what might inspire you along this journey. We're going to keep working hard on our end because we are here to uplift not only ourselves, but our community too, and that includes you. So I can't wait for you to hear the next episode, but for now... Do your thing, let's get it, and let's keep moving forward. Uplift yourself, friends. You got this.